Good morning, Wastelanders. This is Streaming Wasteland. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg. Hi, Greg. And with me always... And Ringo. With me always is Ringo. Hi, Ringo. Yeah, we should probably talk about this movie. This movie is terrible. Say, say we both recommend this movie. I would say skip this movie. Yeah, don't watch this. Worst plot I've ever seen. This movie had some interesting twists and turns that I, I definitely enjoyed. You know what they say, once you're 18, monsters are your problem. The creature that we're dealing with is called the Dark Mother. Yeah. I just called her Dear Mommy. Do you want to go mm-hmm. ahead and jump back in? All right, we should probably dive into this. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg, and with me always is Ringo. Say Princess Witch Ringo. Princess Witch Ringo. I'm Margaret <laughs> the Fourth. Today we are taking on 2021's The Princess Witch 3, Romancing the Star on Netflix, rated H for Hell No. Ringo, what have you been up to? What have I been up to? I started watching Lawman Bass Reeves, and that's been a really good TV show to go ahead and watch. And I'm, th- I'm, I'm really thankful that you went ahead and reminded me that it, that it was out, because I thought it wasn't coming out until January when it came out. And I was able to go ahead and start the first episode, and watching him beat the ever-living shit out of the major that owned him was fucking mm-hmm. cathartic. I was like, yeah, Yeah, man. Especially after you tried to cheat him at cards. I was right. like, fuck yeah, get him, dude. Oh, yeah, he's a slave, so you think you can get one over him and on him. And he's like, I had a fucking queen. I had a fucking queen. What the fuck? And then the dude's like, oh, you don't even know what a queen looks like. And it's like, but he knew what a flush looked like. Come right. on, dude. I get it. You think you're superior, but this, you're a dipshit. He deserved then, to get his ass beat harder than that. Yeah, but I mean, was... I thought he got, I thought he got killed. I Same thought way. like he actually killed Same him. And, I, and then when I found out he was alive, I was like, oh. But I guess, yeah, that guy's a historical figure. I don't know much about Confederate politicians, Maybe. but yeah, that guy was a historical figure of some kind, so mm. wouldn't make sense to kill him. But yeah, it's, I, I think I got through episode two. Not, I didn't finish the I didn't finish the episode. I don't know. I started migrating the fuck out while I was watching mm-hmm. it. Which, if, if there are any migrant companies out there that want to go ahead and sponsor us, I would lo- I would kill for that. But yeah, that, yeah. it's been good Pass watching Reeves that. is really good. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the soundtrack's really good. It reminds yeah, me it of classic westerns. I feel like I feel like this is something that a lot of more modern takes on westerns have gotten wrong. They focus either on the violence or on the this imagined excess of the mm-hmm. old west, where everybody's got thirty gold coins and they're coming to fuck whores all day long and drink. But this is <laughs> you see him literally get drafted into the marshal service because they're like oh, you're pretty crappy at farming, and he's <laughs> and they're like. Come on, bro. We can see you don't got no props. And he's just like, <laughs> all right. Well, especially because like, especially because the deputy shows up as he's burning the crops, and he's like, yeah, I can see the fire <laughs> over there. Those, those aren't doing so good, are they? And he's like, no, I'm building yeah. fire crops. Those are yeah, the new bestseller. That's, that's how you make peppers. <laughs> how do you think jalapenos get so hot? You put fire in them. All right, yeah, I'll be a marshal. That's how Greg and I go ahead and argue if we ever get. That's yeah, that's one of my running theories. Is if we lit more plants on fire, we might have spicier food. Right. Let's find out. But yeah, man, like Lawman Vasseries is really good. I, I I have no idea it's based on a true story. I don't know much. For somebody who likes westerns, I apparently only know fictional cowboys. I don't Same. know anything about real sheriffs or anything like that. This is fun. I'm glad that it's a mini series and not an ongoing series. I think yeah. that we need to much like I was saying yesterday about Zack Snyder, I think that people need to tell studios that's enough. We don't need 400 episodes of something necessarily. If there's no more story to tell, don't drag it out. I'm really glad that they're time skipping to like the highlights of his life and not doing a thing where we have to spend a whole entire episode watching him court somebody. And then we have to spend a whole entire episode watching them find a house to buy, stuff like that, or build a house. It's, we see him free himself, get with her, 
find out he has a kid. Then next episode, he's got four kids, and it's years later, and everything's... We don't need to see all these extra steps in everybody's life. Not every year is momentous. Correct me if I'm wrong, but stories are meant to go ahead and tell you about the like important bits of someone's life. They're not going to tell you, oh, they woke up this morning, mm-hmm. they got up, they got dressed, they brushed their teeth, they took a shit, they ate breakfast. It's, I do that. I know exactly what that is. I want to hear about the, they stepped outside and there was a dragon outside, so they punched it in the face and the dragon flew off. Be like, I, I'm never going to get that opportunity. The dragon's going to show up and eat me. Yeah, you're wrong. Stories are actually supposed to just be journals that are incredibly boring day-by-day interpretations of life. Ideally written in a stream of consciousness style that is incredibly hard to follow. Oh, okay. Then I've been mm-hmm. writing them wrong. Good to know. Yeah, I, I'd say. Like, after reading your wor- works with like starts and ends and plot and important days, like what happened on Tuesday, we don't know. Great. Thanks a lot. That's but on the flip side, my writing. Got it. if you leave a gap, that means that eventually you can go and write a sequel that fills in all the unnecessary gaps in every little thing. And then when HBO adapts into a show, instead of finishing your story sequence, you can start writing new stories for them to adapt into shows. 150,000 words for a gap that was five minutes long. Hell yeah. What happened in the five minutes between when he went to sleep and he woke up? <laughs> it's like, let me tell you about this dream. Dream sequence. Engage. <laughs> I think it's in Fresh Prince where they try to, they try to, I think they're trying to steal something from Phil or like get like a wall, their wallet or the keys or something. Uh, maybe it's Jeffrey. But yeah, they, he wakes up and they're like, this is all a dream. And they just start waving their arms around. I remember that. It's been a while since I've watched it, but I, I actually remember that. I'm, I'm glad that's a core memory for me that I can picture it too. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried that a couple times on people. Like, this is all a dream. My brother just punched me in the dick when I did it, so. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Yeah. That's fair. Also, somebody standing over your bed waving their arms around, you sh- you have the right to punch them. I think that's in the Constitution. It's no, the I... 63rd Amendment. Because <laughs> the 69th was you need to listen to Streaming Wasteland, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that is absolutely the 69th Amendment. <laughs> USA 69 six, says listen to Streaming Wasteland. <laughs> That's right. There's, instead of the Bible, this is the Book of America. Book of America. Somebody's got that out there. They've got the Constitution printed out like Bible verses. They're like, according to Constitution 1-3. And you're just like, oh, God. You got to tell me about taxation, aren't you? Did you know all taxation is theft? I'm like, oh, did you know I want to get out of the Starbucks so badly? <laughs> I've never tried to stampede to get out of someplace, but I feel like I should leave now. Wait, you're a bear, man. You should stampede everywhere. Nah, that's, that's how you get tased, how you get tranked. Then you got to spend a year in the center, like doing tricks with your nose and shit. And then <laughs> they finally let you out again. And you're like, they're like, all right, now don't be going and stampeding people. And you're like, ah. God. Gotcha, and next okay. thing you know, they trank you again. Three strikes, and you live the rest of your life in a zoo. Do wait, they don't have the twelve point system like the driver's license. Nope. Um, Not for incidents that could be felonies. Ah, uh, good point. All right. So what you're telling me is I should start lobbying for uh, better representation for bears. Got it. Yeah. Also, you need to uh, you need to move to New Mexico if you want to get away with felonies. Yeah. But yeah, speaking of getting away with felonies, we should talk about the crime that is this fucking movie. <laughs> so this week, we took on 2021's The Princess Switch 3, Romancing the Star on Netflix. Rated H for Hell No. 
starring everyone from the last movie. We have Vanessa Hudgens as three characters. We have Sam uh, Palladio as Edward, Nick Segar as Kevin, Susan Braun as Miss Donatelli, Florence Hall as Bindi, and Ricky Norwood as Reggie, with new additions Remy He as Peter Maxwell and Will Kemp as Hunter Kennard. When the Vatican loans the Star of Peace to Montanero, it's immediately stolen. Interpol is on the job, but because plot reasons, only Fiona the Insurrectionist and her band of miscreants will be able to save the day. Using her black market connections, the trio and their husbands will enlist the aid of Peter Maxwell, a childhood love of Fiona's, and pull off a Mission Impossible slash entrapment style heist with a little dose of Indiana Jones in there too. In the end, Fiona makes up with her mom, yeah, that's in this movie as well, and gets with Peter and blah 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 blah. For Telltale TV, Alicia Blissdorf writes, We don't watch these films expecting them to be great works of cinema. We watch holiday movies for their comforting comforting formulas. Princess Switch 3 delivers this light energy while leaning into the chaos that gives it that edge. Writing for Cultured Vultures, Natasha Alvar comments, To paraphrase Oliver Twist badly, please sir, no more. <laughs> on imdb user hey it's anxiety open up gave the movie a 10 out of 10 explaining i love complaining about things i will watch movies that i know for a fact i love and complain about it the whole time so watching this a movie with that is basically a romantic cruella Deville heist film was the highlight of my christmas that is all capitalized vanessa hudgens i could kiss you also on IMDb, user Jocelyn Kessler gave the film a 1 out of 10, saying, This movie is a big waste of time and the worst thing I have ever seen. Do not watch it. <laughs> so there are there's a variety of opinions going from I could kiss Vanessa Hudgens to fuck my entire life. Ringo, where are you at on this? So I have to say, the person who's like 10 out of 10, this movie gives me something to complain about. I can get behind that, but I don't know if I'd give it a 10 out of 10. I would give it a 10 out of 10 for giving me something to complain about, though. I can agree there. But... I realized something while you were talking about this movie. The first movie came out in 2018, correct? Correct. The second one in 2020, and then this one in 2021. Yep. That is a short period of time, and it... I don't even think... I don't even... I, I think even if, they, even if they had given this five to ten years to go ahead and, like, cook, it still would have been shit, all right? But I think that in them pushing it out as fast as they could like this, yeah, it definitely does not help this movie in... <laughs> the least bit I didn't realize they, they literally started the first one three years ago three years from the, from this one and then mm-hmm. they just pushed this one out in 2021 this movie was something man we didn't need what's his name Peter we didn't need him he seemed like a pointless character other than adding in a love interest for Fiona because the year third Vanessa Hutchins that they get from the Barbie factory needs to go ahead and have a love interest Margaret Having been married to the chef from Chicago, you know, seems like oh, we've already got that, so why is he popping up? I don't know. It just seemed like all these characters are showing up for no reason other than, hey, we gotta do an Ocean's Eleven knockoff, but like, mm-hmm. we need 11 Vanessa Hudson's, and we don't know how to get 11 Vanessa Hudson's. So we're gonna get a dude to play Fiona's boyfriend and not give him any personality. Then we're going to go ahead and bring in Reggie and the other person and not give them any more personality than, than they had in the last one. We're going to remove personality from Stacy, remove personality from Margaret, remove personality from Fiona. <laughs> Somehow what they... What are you talking about? They added all the extra personality to Fiona. <laughs> 
Yeah, she had a sap story, a sad sap story. That's the that's her personality. Oh, the flashbacks. God, the flashbacks that we don't fucking need. By the way, for any aspiring writers out there, if you're going to write a flashback, be real, real careful. I, they don't tend to go over very well. It's difficult to go ahead and write a good flashback. And this movie right here, if you want to write a good flashback, watch this one. This one will show you the perfect the perfect way to go ahead and write a flashback. 100%. Don't notice my sarcasm whatsoever. <laughs> when they were doing the laser thing, dude, the thing that killed me is like Fiona's supposed to be like the super sexy going ahead and flipping over all these things. And her hair is tied up in not a braid, but I don't know. She's got a bunch of hair ties in it. And I, I don't know if that's a specific name or anything like that. But it's hanging down to her mid back. And she's doing all these flips. And I'm like, touch the laser, touch the laser. <laughs> Eat, uh, put it in your tracksuit. Put it in your wetsuit or whatever the fuck that is. I don't know. I don't remember the movie, and I literally just watched it. It just it doesn't sit inside your brain. It's like trying to hold water in your hands, and I can hold water in my hands a lot better than I can hold this movie in my brain after watching it. My- so the, the big issue I have with all of this, oh, Fiona can do all this black market shit, is that is not in the first movie in the slightest. No. You know why Austin Powers 3 works when he goes and gets Dr. Evil? Is because we already know that Dr. Evil has all kinds of criminal connections. He's Dr. Evil. Fiona is presented as a rich brat who ran out of money and hatches a desperate scheme to do this. If she was really this savvy-ass thief, she would have fucking already taken Montanaro's money. Yeah. So, trying to show us in one movie that, oh, she's a dumbass who just really needs money to the second movie where they're like, who's the one person we know with connections to the criminal underworld? I was like, a fourth Vanessa Hudgens that we haven't <laughs> met and, and then like nope it's just fucking Fiona I was so, like great cool and that, then they added in go ahead that scene right there pissed me off because they're like it's, it's almost like we don't know anybody I'm like stop hinting stop hinting mm-hmm. just fucking say it yeah and then the whole idea that she then knows this super hacker from school also, like you said, they can't stop fucking do like movies cannot stop giving villains sympathetic backstories. She could have just been an asshole and this movie still would have worked out because there's plenty of movies, especially Christmas movies about the asshole deciding to change. That's actually what a Christmas carol is about. Is that Scrooge is a prick and then he decides not to be. There were three ghosts in there, but also <laughs> Muppets would have made this movie better just straight up. If there was a Muppet or two in here, I would have enjoyed it a little bit more cuz I'd have been like, "Hey, that's different." Like, I didn't expect to see that. Which Vanessa Hutchins was that? Was that's that when we start realizing. Hutchins? That's when we start realizing that the the whole entire series is just meant to be a fever dream. That like Vanessa Hutchins wakes up and goes, "Oh God, I'm dying." Yeah. So I went and pulled up our text chain for this movie. Oh no! I messaged you at Monday two forty five. Oh my god, part three is called Romancing the Star and I want to jump off a cliff. That's mostly because I don't think a bad movie should reference a better movie in its title. Romancing the Stone I've seen once, but I know it's a better movie than this movie. Then I said, this entire universe is trash. Like, Chain of Command makes no sense. The entire economy of Montanaro seems to be Christmas. The Prince of Belgravia is basically only ever in Montanaro. There's no police slash secret service slash CIA-like service keeping tabs on the royalty at all. After somebody tried to fucking impersonate the queen by looking like her, nobody was keeping track of these motherfuckers. And also, shave Fiona's head. 
Like, I'm sorry. You get to be a fucking traitor. Congratulations. You didn't get off. Shave her fucking head so that she can't impersonate the queen anymore. Since the queen doesn't seem like she'll be going for a shaved hairstyle. Guess what? You get to keep your hair buzzed so long as you are in this country. You want to leave this country? Fine. You can grow your hair out. But you're in this country. The first thing we're going to do is buzz your head. We'll do it at custom. Whatever. So that was all, there's no Secret Service Police stuff, that was all between 2.54 and 2.56, and then at 3.07 I messaged you, oh fuck off, this is a heist. And that is absolutely how I felt the rest of the fucking movie, I was like, fuck right off with this fucking shit. This is the stupidest fucking thing, none of these people have any background in anything that makes me think that they would be good at heists. We all of a sudden find out that Mindy's good with tech and Reggie's good at tech and all of a sudden, and you just like, no, this was not introduced and we're just tossing it out there. Was Fiona previously a bank robber? Was she some sort of high-tech art thief? Because if that was the case, should have brought it up in the last one. But instead, we just get tossed this whole bullshit about her and her little gang being decent at fucking... I don't know, at stealing, at espionage, at at breaking and entering. And it was fucking trash. And then then at 3.15, and this is where I actually paused the movie. I I usually don't pause the movie and walk away, but I paused it for the day because it's like, I can't fucking take any more of this shit. It was the scene where Peter and Fiona are sitting in the car, and she's like, you're jealous. He's like, no. She's like, yeah. And he's like, am not. And then there's two seconds of silence, and he's like, you want me to be jealous and she's like no nah. and he's like yeah and i was like fuck my entire life and i messaged ringo when they find me dangling from the christmas lights <laughs> you'll know why <laughs> i couldn't fucking take it the only thing in my opinion that could have made the princess switch franchise worse is a bunch of childish fucking bickering and so they added it in it is very endearing in a sense to see children young adults going through like their first relationships or kind of the first stages of realizing they have a crush on somebody and be like no boys and or girls are gross and i don't like them and then doing the whole thing that's that can be endearing for somebody who is of the right age range i'd say 20 or or younger but i think that once you get to be a a 30 something criminal who is doing community service because you tried to impersonate the queen this fucking childish bullshit of like no i'm not jealous i don't like you is just fucking cringe to quote the youth it is just fucking awful it feels completely out of place and my problem with a lot of these type of movies and i've talked about it a lot before is that this sort of bullshit is supposed to be the main conflict for people who are adults. This is what people talk about when they talk about the infantilization of America. This is childish ass shit that is being marketed to 20 and 30 year olds. And it is fucking garbage. This is pure junk food. And it's fine if you like a little bit of junk food. But if you eat only Oreos, you can't be surprised when nobody asks what your favorite food is. What Like, they don't ask you to cook. They don't ask you what your opinion is. And, you, and people just... <clears throat> I'm saying you here, this is the royal you, not you specifically, listener and or Ringo, but you just let them keep shoveling garbage down your throat, and then you watch it. And then we watch it, because it gets clicks, and we then have to fucking taste these fucking shitty Oreos. I like Oreos, Nabisco, please sponsor us. But the it's only going to get worse if you keep letting it get worse. If you start treating the products like products and being okay with the fact that they're not trying, that they're straight up cash grabs, then you're just going to keep getting worse and worse shit, and nobody's going to make anything new. I don't know if any of you have listened to pop music this year, but so much of it is fucking boring. 
So you're going to get more fucking boring-ass Christmas movies. You're going to get worse versions of this. This is a different type of terrible than some of the Hallmark movies we've watched. But honestly, they're all still in the same crap category. The only difference is people assign about it. Like, people like a certain romance more than a different romance, which is fine. Everyone's allowed to have taste, but they're all still, they're all still crap. This is straight-up shit. I think it's a real bold move to name it Romancing the Star to reference a movie that, one, doesn't have anything to fucking do with Christmas, and two, features somebody dying in a crocodile pit. I know that's fucking in there, and nobody here gets crocodiled. Everybody gets arrested off-screen. I wish that. And then, yeah. And then also, I mentioned it in the synopsis, the whole thing with Fiona and her mom off. That was clearly shoehorned in to make us feel even more sympathetic for this fucking villain turned hero when we didn't need to we know it's vanessa hudgens we're very aware of the plot of this movie we were already just gonna be like whatever Mm -hmm. so then to add it in there and then have mom show up the one thing i wanted was always to spend christmas with you fuck off just fuck this movie uh so i ended up writing down something that the mom said i think it was the mom that said it I was running away, but never, no, never from you. And the flashback shows the lady is running away from Fiona. In the end, when Fiona sees her mom and says, it's been too long, it's been too, it is too late, and you have done too little. I was like, yes, finally, this movie actually does something correct. She walks outside, throws the, she throws the Vatican star into the fucking car. I'm like, shit's broken. Yeah, you guys don't give a shit about this fucking star, man. You really don't give a shit. You just wanted to do a heist. That's all this is. And then she runs back in. I was like, you've ruined the feeling there. The feeling mm-hmm. was her mom fucked up and her mom got to come up and so she deserved. Her mom fucked up. Her mom had a chance to go ahead and make amends to her daughter early on and she fucked it up by running away. Sure, the mom has a good reason. The husband was abusive. Run away from the husband, sure. But guess what? When you were there at the boarding school, the husband wasn't around. You could have given your daughter a little bit of love, and everything that we saw showcased that you did not care, nor did you love this child. That means that you do not love this child right now. You probably realize that she looks like Margaret, and the fourth movie will be Mom Does the Princess Switch 4 and somehow becomes Margaret. That's the only thing I can think of right now at this point in time, unless someone gets pregnant. Then add in that at the end of the movie, Margaret goes, It's like Mummy said, we don't know how much time we have left with the ones that we love. And I was like, your mom hasn't talked to you in 30-something years. Shut the fuck up. Okay? Unless she said it to you three seconds before you went and talked to your boyfriend, Peter, and said it, go tell him this. He'll go ahead and dick you down afterwards or some shit like that. I don't know. Fuck. Hey, whisper this into his ear. He'll pipe you. Yeah. But yeah, if the fourth one does feature a pregnancy, I hope they put Vanessa Hudgens as the baby. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if they made Vanessa Hudgens play another character, playing the baby would be just the topper, man. I already wrote the fourth movie the other day. This is going to be, they're going to find out all three of them are related somehow. So we already know that Margaret and Fiona are related, but we're also going to find out that Stacy is part of the family. And that's going to come from Grandma Vanessa Hutchins, who was exiled to fucking, I don't know. And then she'll show up and she'll, she'll say, oh, actually, I'm all three of your grandmothers through this very twist. And then it's going to be Vanessa Hutchins in, in old makeup and a wig. And then that's the fourth character she'll be playing. And then... The grandma will have to find an old man to date because we cannot 
have this movie end without somebody somebody getting married or making out, etc. It's got to be the romance first. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I think that I could get down with these movies if they just make Vanessa Hutchins play more and more of these characters. Start getting rid of, like, the other cast. Just start putting her in. Just sneak her in, like, midway through the movie. <laughs> just play Oh, like gaslighting the up. That would yeah, be hilarious, dude. right? Like, so Sam Palladio shows up in the beginning, but at the middle of the movie, it switches to Vanessa Hutchins yes. in like a costume and a yes. wig. Oh, dude. Yeah, I would actually get on board with that. That would be fucking hilarious if they just started being like, what, what are you talking about? That's always been Edward. That's how he and, looks. And you just have, you have one character. One character is like, wait, you didn't, you're not Peter. Who are you? I am Peter. Sorry, I'm Peter. I'm Peter. My accent's perfect. I'm Peter. So there's a one of my favorite episodes of Home Improvement is a Christmas episode, and it's they get stranded in a small town airport, and they keep asking for help, and the guy who is at the counter keeps changing the sign that is on the counter to be whatever department they're looking for. So he'll be like, "Oh, you can talk to our car rental service," and they'll be like, "Okay, where's that?" And he flips the sign over, and it's like car rental, and he's like, "Sorry, we're sold out," stuff like that. So if they were doing that sort of thing where somebody was turning around and being like, like police inspector. And then the police inspector was also Vanessa Hudgens. (laughs) (laughs) I don't see anything wrong here. No crime has been committed. I think that would be a great movie. Just Vanessa Hudgens plays. (laughs) Yeah. So I do want to call out a couple other things about this movie that really irritated me to no end. There was a scene where I believe it was Frank looked right at the camera and was like, here we go again. And we got yet another learning to walk like each other montage. Holy God, this joke is dead. There is also the scene, like you said, with the flipping and everything, where they do the, they take the star off of its pressure activated thing and it slowly starts lowering down and they don't notice it. Then the alarm goes off and so she just puts her hand on it and the the thing stops going off and nobody goes to check. They were like, oh, that alarm was only for nothing. It was such fucking fun. Add in that the security guard was, like, slowly lowering his hand. He's like, do I hit the button? The alarm's going off. Hit the fucking button. Yeah. Your job is fucking... is so stupid. Your job as a security guard is to go ahead and hit that button whenever the alarm goes off. Yeah, even if it's a false alarm, just hit the button. What's the worst that happens? You get fired? Go find another job in this economy? <laughs> Yeah, well, also, we know that this guy won't fire him. He'll apparently just murder people. That's why they couldn't go to the police and or, like... Also, <laughs> their whole thing about we we have to make sure he doesn't get away or whatever. So, I get you're worried that he has connections, right? In the police department and in the... In, what, Interpol or whatever, so you can't tell anybody. But you do have guards around you. So, grab... 20 of those guards because they you can keep them in your eyeline and they literally can't call or text anybody throw them in a van and then tell them to surround the fucking place and then call goddamn police he can't get away at that point and what's he gonna do destroy the artifact this guy clearly loves whatever also don't think the vatican is in the habit of just giving out their artifacts on loan and additionally they act like princess margaret being excommunicated would be some sort of crazy ordeal but absolutely nothing in any of these movies has suggested that Montanaro is a deeply Catholic country and she might get excommunicated and that's not great nobody should try to get excommunicated unless you, you really want to but I think that they're making it sound like the punishment would be some massive blow to the country yeah they, 
if that was the case, she wouldn't be getting ready for her coronation on Christmas. She'd be getting ready for Midnight Mass. <laughs> uh, you know what? The other thing that kills me is, all right, so I have a feeling the Vatican probably has a, a loan-out program for some things. I, I couldn't tell you. But if they did, if they actually do have a loan-out program, you know that they're not going to just let that shit out of their sight. They're going to have some pope or someone who's standing next to it who has, like, 700 bodyguards that are watching you 24 hours a day. And, if it can... and they got gassed. Yeah, you're right. They got gassed. Don't let Greggy Goo and me have been. <laughs> we farted into the vents, and this whole entire plot was... <laughs> this oh, whole entire it... plot was... I love how so... they, made, they tried to make that a plot point. They used sarin gas and it's only coming from China or Asia or someplace yeah. over here and then nothing happens so it's like okay so pointless don't even yeah. why yeah it's just so unnecessary this movie is the epitome of unnecessary and yeah that's I don't really have anything more to add to this this is a one out of nine this is somehow worse than the second one it is definitely going in my buddy games category yeah. this is a terrible movie this is what happens when you let people just keep shoveling shit at you you eventually get hit in the face with a fucking turd and this is that turd <laughs> uh, yeah this was a frozen so, turd too that's that melted the second it impacted so yeah it, it hit and then, hard and then it yeah you got poo on you yeah i thought just... <laughs> i thought you were talking about the movie frozen i was like we need to let it go <laughs> yeah, we do need snowman? to let this go we need to let this go yeah, we need to let this go into a fire somewhere. I think that the writers and directors need to do Fiona's community service as punishment. Like, they need to do 1,200 hours. And it's just a, a tour to everybody who's watched this movie. They knock on the door and say, I'm sorry. And they get to count 30 seconds off. <laughs> I'm good with that. That means this household will get two visits at least. One more and you've got a Christmas carol. But yeah, I think that this one is right above Buddy Games, but not by much. The one that's going to be right above it, it's going to be the second one. The third one's right above that, and then Home Sweet Home Alone is somewhere in there. I can, I can appreciate that. All right, we've been streaming Wasteland. This has been The Princess Switch 3, Romancing the Stone. This is the end of our 12 days of Christmas. I hope you guys all are having a great holiday, or if you're not, you're able to get away from whatever's causing you guys to have a shitty holiday in the first place. Tomorrow, you'll we'll have a new video out on our YouTube channel. You can check that out. It's a next installment of the Double O Wasteland series. And after that, it'll be back to Monday releases for the podcast. Enjoy your holidays. You can find us on all the socials. You can find us on all of the major podcast providing platforms. And yeah, Merry Christmas. Say Merry Christmas, Ringo. Merry Christmas, Ringo. Bye, Greggy Goo. Bye, Ringo. <laughs> it was Fiona's favorite name. That's why I'm using it. Oh, I see. Yeah, Margie Moo. Oh, God. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> don't jump out the window yet. You're young. There's a lot to live for. <laughs> <laughs>